don't call it a comeback, but your boy BC back from the boat and ready to rumble. Yes, the In This Silver King podcast returns. Wait a second. That one felt weird. Wow. Let's, let me rewind. Hey, let's, re, let's rewind them, shall we? Oh, my God. That didn't feel weird. It felt very right. Wow. Let me start that over. It's the state of combat, of course, and it is back, folks, with the pro wrestling edition one week after I cruised the Eastern Caribbean, getting two sweet hand gestures, I might add, from multiple foreign janitors on that damn boat while I was wearing my black OGBC t-shirt. So let it be known, there are plenty of good brothers in international waters. Absolutely. And just hours removed from my unplanned four-day sequestering in an Orlando hotel as the cold and snow in the Northeast wrecked havoc with my travel plans home from the cruise. Your boy BC is back where he belongs in CT, ready to fill your syringe and inject you right in the private parts with another dose of that performance enhancing audio and heck while i was out at sea shout out to my cohorts my brethren Silver King. and the one and only jack crosby of cbs sports for holding it down for me last week on this show when i was gone hey we didn't miss a beat you don't need apparently you don't need bc anymore well done to them but we are back folks ready to to deliver another long intro to anger adam and ready to fire you the hell up for what's coming this weekend. It's time to rumble! It's time for the Royal Rumble! Not only (laughs) will we deliver a full WWE Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver Uh, Phoenix preview, your boy BC came back from the cruise bringing gifts. So did the Hedgemaster himself. We've got interviews. Get this, folks. With WWE Champion Daniel Bryan, and NXT sensation, the king of all bros, Matt Riddle, in this loaded super show. Yeah, I said it. DB and Riddle, feel that, guys. Feel that. I can't help but feel that. Feel that. Feel all of that. All of that, guys. Yes, Brandy, I'm all in on AEW, the revolution. Hey, whatever else you're offering me, zipper sound, Brandy. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, uh. to explode in my pants right now. I think they just... Did. Hey, it's uh, uh, you hear that uh, guy's voice. Why don't I bring him in? He is my co-host. Say hello to the bad guy. Hey, head jokes aside, he's back. He was the A-side last week. He's Adam Silverstein, the Silver King. And uh, long-time listeners know I'm the A-side every week. Silver King, this was like the boyhood dream. This is WrestleMania 12. Let my Jose Lothario ass get out of the way. How did it feel to uh, man the ones and twos? It felt good that people got to see what a properly hosted podcast sounds like. So, yeah, I mean, it worked out really well. That was a short intro you had last week. I did notice that. It's very short. Of course it's a short intro because we don't need long intros to get into a podcast like this 10 minutes that we just did. BC and I were actually ships crossing in the night. In Orlando, he was here. I am here now at the PGA Merchandise Show, so I may sound a little different. Don't you worry. We got a plenty of hot performance-enhancing audio for your ear holes today. Wow. I'm excited for this show, man. I am, too. This is a weird super show, off-the-rails yeah. edition, because BC's life is off the rails. I didn't get to the Performance Center in Orlando. I did get to a hotel room with sick children, but we are back. I'm back. You're still in Orlando. You're not taking bumps at the PC, but we're loading up a super show like we mentioned. Dude, Daniel Bryan and Matt Riddle, Royal Rumble preview. What else you want from this podcast? Well, 
that's the funny thing. It's, you know, Brian leaves and he's, you can't reach him because he's on a cruise. I mean, he could have got the internet package, probably chose not to, which was smart. Spend some time with your family. But in the meantime, I go ahead and book Daniel Bryan and Matt Riddle and the guy can't even make the Daniel Bryan interview. So your boy has to pull over the side of the road yes. while on the highway driving into Orlando and take tape an interview with the new WWE champion, the new Daniel Bryan, uh, on a voice recorder, old school style. So that tells you about the quality of that sound. Well, while Silver King was making towns, of course, he had to pull over there and exactly. nail that. Uh, Silver King, we're going to get into everything very, very quickly, but... Uh, I caught up on everything I missed in WWE in a very short time period. I watched on plane rides with the Wi-Fi. I mean, I went, I, I, I packaged this in. I'm fired up right now. I'm fired up. They brought it. WWE brought it to set up this card on Sunday night, the Royal Rumble. I'm ready. They do. You know, some people were a little bit down about Raw this week. I don't necessarily buy that. I mean, damn, you opened the show. You know, as hot as you possibly could, um, you know, after that 20 minute Martin Luther King Day introduction that they always do. Um, but holy crap, uh, the last two weeks of WWE TV, we had a hot show last week. Like, you didn't get a chance to talk about it. I said to Jack before the show, look, Brian, you know, being candid, Brian's not here. We should really keep this a tight hour and we should get out. And we just started talking about things that happened on WWE TV for a week. That's really all we discussed. And we nearly went two hours because so much Good stuff has happened. And coming out of all those months where we found so few things to like write home about and truly praise, now it's like nearly every segment is hitting a home run. And it's really exciting as the road to WrestleMania begins with the Royal Rumble. Oh, Royal Rumble season is the best. Like you said, the road to Mania gets you fired up. I just, yeah, two Raws to go to last week. That was a fantastic episode. Things feel like they're clicking. And since this show is already off the rails, we got a lot coming. I want to hit you up with this really, really fast. <laughs> Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? It is, because we love our listeners, and they try to get on that Rushmore that we haven't unveiled yet, and we love them. You know that dude, It's Grant, at got to bg on Twitter? He fires in, in our hole a lot. We don't always get to him, but I want to present to this to you before we get into this, all right? He's feeling a little bit of what I'm feeling. He says, when you have matches on this card like Sasha Ronda, Finn Brock, the Cruiserweight 4-Way that's been going under the radar, all these matches we're about to break down for you, just from pure in-ring standpoint, does this have the potential to be the best Rumble card ever? Adam, I don't want to go full It's Grant right here with the full Monty and take my things out and put it on the table and say something like best Rumble card ever. But I will say I'm in tune with Grant where when I looked at the rundown of matches getting ready for this podcast today, I was like, holy crap. Time, time it with AEW with my conspiracy theories or not. This Rumble card is jacked. This, if it plays out 75% of its potential, is going to be amazing. Yeah, time it with WrestleMania season, not AEW. AEW is not making an impact on their booking for WrestleMania 34, 35. I don't even know 35 this is. It's been booked. You know, you would assume they had their ideas going, at least since Roman made his announcement on what they were going to do. But if you look at the top four non-Rumble matches on the card, they are four dream matches. Lesnar Balor, yes. Brian Styles, yes. Rousey Sasha Banks, yes. Asuka Becky Lynch, yes. Those are four matches that could main event any pay-per-view of the year, maybe with the exception of WrestleMania. And you could probably convince me a couple of those could main event WrestleMania. Certainly Brian Styles, maybe a Rousey Banks. Um, holy crap. This is going to be a hell of a pay-per-view. 
I'm, I'm, there's, there ain't going to be no dirty bed sheets. This is going to be, I'm saying it right now. I'm entering optimistic. I'm going to leave fired the hell up. I'm ready. Let's do this before we preview the rumble. Let's talk to that man you mentioned who's high up on the damn card. The Silver King chatted with WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Maybe it wasn't crystal clear sound quality here, but this is some great sound nonetheless coming your way, folks. Get ready. Dial in. Enjoy. Daniel Bryan, absolute pleasure to have you on today. Big match with AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Coming up at the Royal Rumble in Phoenix, Arizona on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Right off the bat, do you get as hyped up for matches against guys specifically like AJ Styles as fans do? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to get hyped up. Uh, when I came back, there was such expectations of uh, 
10 characters that I wanted to present and stories that I wanted to tell and all this kind of stuff, and this is my opportunity to do all of that. And so it's actually been really fun because the character itself has evolved since, since the turn happened because, uh, you know, it's working to see what works and what doesn't work, which is fun for me. I'm like, oh, man, what worked this week? What, the, what will work next week? What won't work next week? You know, that sort of thing. So, right. so that whole process, I mean, that's... So my co-host on the podcast, I, I should say he's actually the host, Brian Campbell. He's obsessed with the idea of white meat baby faces no longer really having the ability in this day and age to get over. And he always points to your run in 2014 as the last time one of those was truly mega successful. Do you share that sentiment that in this day and age, the way wrestling is now, it's really difficult to get a character like that, a new character like that, completely over? Or do you still think there's a place for that? Mindset to be to tell people that they're the problem. Totally, 
fully well knowing that I am also the problem. <laughs> and maybe that's why and maybe that's why it's such a fun, hateable character is that saying like, Hey, all of you are the problem, but clearly I'm not the problem. I'm the solution. But in the in the back of my mind, the whole all of this that I'm saying is mostly when I'm thinking about this, I think about it about myself more so than anything else. Like one of one of the things that uh, I've really been disappointed in, in myself is my slide from veganism into vegetarianism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and to most people, that's a very minor difference, but to me, it's a major difference. And um, that's like one of the things that I've been trying to get back to is only 100% vegan, just knowing all the horrible, like we, we've done this thing with the hot dog stuff with, uh, with, <laughs> with AJ Styles the last couple weeks. And just the idea of like, hey, that even though you're not necessarily killing a chicken with the eggs, it's like a lot of the eggs that are produced in this country, those chickens are kept in such horrible conditions and all that kind of stuff. So it's sort of like a lot of these things that I'm saying, I'm not like yelling at when I'm at home, I don't yell at other people, like, stop eating eggs, right? I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I really need to stop eating eggs on the road. I mean, it's just it's an easy excuse or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of these things are, are frustrations with myself because I, I know the consequences and I know um, the other stuff. So, so yeah, that, it, it, the whole thing's been interesting. Look, you went further than most even considering uh, reusable diapers and, and just taking that step is something most people wouldn't do. So don't be too hard on yourself. I'll get you out of here on this. Um, you know, you've recently had a couple opportunities Mustafa Ali in the ring, Andrade, uh, obviously this feud with AJ Styles, and I just recently saw a little promo for you, from you on Twitter about Hideo Itami. Who are the two or three guys in the company, main roster, NXT, doesn't really matter, that you are dying to get in the ring with? Uh, gosh, I mean, it's impossible to narrow it down to two or three. One of the things that I uh, would really really love to do with to be to do a story with Brian Kendrick because we have such incredible history together. We started together my first match was against Brian Kendrick. Um, he's on he's on two oh five. I would really love to do uh, something with Bizarro because he's uh, obviously incredible. Um, so and I'd also like to like I would love to do a whole a whole thing with Andrade. I think Andrade's just uh, like he's he's awesome. Just yeah. like a true and like by saying that, all all that you're making me doing is thinking of more people. Than ever. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like because Andrade and Ray had an incredible match last week, and so now it's like, oh yeah, and I want to do it. I would love to do a Matt versus Hater story with Ray, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh wait a second, what about Grand Metal League? I would love to do it. It's a story with Grand Metal League, and then oh, then there's Ricochet, and then there's and it's like, it's like then you just start running this gamut of people that like because WWE has signed such incredible performers in the last several years. We have so many talented people uh, on the roster that it's impossible to just name a couple. You know what I mean? So I mean that so so I just listed I just listed off several, right? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll still take it. Yeah, and, and so and there's many more, you know what I mean. And so like, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a we have a we have a ton of a ton of great wrestlers who I would love to do do incredible things with. Well, listen, we talked about dream matches, but we're getting one Sunday at the Royal Rumble in Phoenix, Arizona, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch it live on WWE Network worldwide, basically, but internationally and certainly across this country. Daniel Bryan, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. Silver King, take the floor. Good stuff there from DB.
what I liked about the interview is even, you know, we like to start asking about the upcoming match. And generally what happens is you get a kayfabe answer. And then you're able to ask real questions and you go from there. Daniel Bryan was not BSing from the start. He gave real answers top to bottom throughout the entire interview. Um, I found a lot of what he said pretty fascinating. He did go on to a bit of a tangent about being a vegan and vegetarian and difference <laughs> and, and blah, blah, blah. And I kept trying to get him off of it to kind of say like, dude, you're being a little too hard on yourself, right? But it's funny for him to be hard on himself, you know, in reality and then be the character who's criticizing everyone else on television. So I did find that juxtaposition uh, pretty interesting. But I just thought he – it's very rare that you interview a wrestler these days and they're willing to go to the depth of the question that you want them to answer and actually explain what you want to know. And he did that throughout the entire interview. I loved it. He's re- he really is one of the best interviews because he's kind of got that Randy Orton quality where he's just going to go off script. He doesn't care. He'll just answer exactly the question you asked him. But what I loved most on a macro level about this interview is he's really happy, and you can tell. So yep. any any hope of the of BC that is it going to show up at all? And remember, you know that whole that whole thing we went on, which I, I told. Hey, I I told you that. I told you. I said zero chance. I I still think there was there was something going on in his heart, but I think now that they've gone this direction with his character, I'm so happy to hear that happiness in his voice. He's awesome as well, this character, and you can tell. Like he mentioned, it's a lot of him in it, and he's really enjoying it. And Silver King, talk about the biggest nugget he dropped in this interview. He said becoming a bad guy, going the direction that they are now, was a, quote, day of decision. I can believe that because we hear how WWE's creative actually works. It seems to always be on the cuff last minute, but that's a giant change to just decide the day of. Well, what I was trying to get out of him, because I believe – I forgot who reported it. It might have been PW Insider, but someone reported that Daniel Bryan had been pushing for this for a long time. And it's simply, you know, Vince maybe said, it's yes, at some point we will do it. So what I was trying to get him to answer is, is that true? Were you pushing for it for a long time? And when he said it was a day of decision, I do believe that. And I believe that was what was reported, was that Vince basically just said, yeah, okay, this is the day we're going to do it. And it surprised him. But at the same time, I wanted to know, like, is this something that you really wanted for a long time? He did answer, though, that he agreed with us, which you and I were saying for a good month before that turn happened, his character had gotten stale. He felt the same way we did, and it's good to know that you know, we were right and that, that our, our thinking process, our thought process on his character and what was going on was actually what was happening behind the scenes. That felt good. You know, yeah, to know and, that. and our listeners, too. I think that originally started with a DM question that, that maybe. Sort of yeah, like, might have. You know, yeah, you're right, DMer. The who attempts to join the great Tristan Adelano on the SOC Mount Rushmore. You were right, but I don't know, though, if Daniel Bryan's right when he says that in this modern age, white meat, babyface, new characters, and I think new is the right word here, can work. I'm not really sure, Adam. I really feel well, like he was the exception, the anomaly in 2014. And the reason why, of course, was because... WWE wasn't trying to push him on us. The fans willed him to that moment, and that's what created the exception. I don't think you can duplicate that, though. Yeah, but let's not forget Johnny Gargano literally last year did the exact same thing in NXT. Who's a heel now, by the way? Yep, now, but he got over as a huge white meat babyface, and if that happened on WWE's main roster, Vince is not turning that person heel. And Gargano's going to come back face anyway. We know this. 
mean, he's going to be face at WrestleMania, probably. Yeah, he, well, so, he, I guess you, you can know, add him to the potential exception list. But, I just what, find it crazy that he's a heel now, and then Rousey, not a pure uh, in this category because she's brought her fame with her. Right. Uh, I did find interesting when I asked him, like, you know, who do you have left that you have dream matches with in WWE? Who do you really want to wrestle? And I said two or three. I really thought that would be easy for him. Like, I thought he'd come at back and say, yeah, Hideo Tommy, Matt Riddle, and Velveteen Dream. Right? But he starts with Brian Kendrick, who's, like, as washed as BC is. You guys are both, like, 40 named Brian. You know, the whole deal. The um, Brian Kendrick. Get it right. Come on. Yeah, the Brian Kendrick. He started with him. And then he started naming names. And that, when he started going through that list, that's when I mentally said, you know what? People that say, like, oh, guys shouldn't go to WWE so they can have great matches against great talent. There is such an overload of great talent on the main roster. I mean, he mentioned Brian Kendrick and Cesaro as his first two, the Brian Kendrick and Cesaro. So you have those guys. You have Hideo Itami. You have Riddle, Keith Lee, Tommy N, now Aleister Black, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. There are a ton of dudes in WWE where if you feel like you need to satiate like the old school work rate wrestler in you, you can definitely do it in NXT. And it seems like they're starting to let them do it in WWE when you consider that in the Andrade Ray matches that we recently oh, yeah. saw and some of the other stuff that's happened recently. And love, you love hearing Brian put the spotlight on on Andrade. And by the way, I got a lot of by the way, this run that uh, Ray Mysterio and I'm not ready to just call him Andrade. I'm sorry. Me neither. This isn't a Rusev situation. Vince, you failed on that. You we failed. did a whole thing. We did a whole thing last week yeah. on that. Hear I my said, take for two seconds. Vince, you it's failed. It's congratu- hey, Vince, I got, a, I got a congratulations for you if I can find the, the uh, sound button fast enough. Congratulations. You played yourself. This ain't Rusev, bro. Let this guy be CN almost. Come on. I'll repeat my point since you may not have heard the whole well, show the last week. people have heard it. But what do you got for me? Go ahead. Okay. Well, no, no. Just it's if you're going to pull one or two of the names off, the one you keep is not Andrade. You keep CN or Almas or CN Almas. You don't you don't get rid of those to keep Andrade. It didn't make any sense. But anyway, the point here, a lot of people hating on me because they again they misdirected hostility. He's a top five talent. He wasn't top five when we first had that argument. But yes, obviously, he was. Just I'm not he was hedging put... here, bro. He top oh, no, five you're now. Hedging. He Just... top five now. Just because he wasn't able to show it didn't mean he was a top five talent. He was right, or he was a top five talent. Silver King was right. I actually amended it last week. He might be top three, but he's top five. Don't don't play yourself. Don't get crazy here. But obviously (laughs) this run of matches with Rey Mysterio, shout out to Rey, by the way. And I I really think we should because what fun they're having. Wow. Love it. It's getting me fired up for the damn rumble. Thank you. uh, The Daniel Bryan. And by the way, you kind of laughed at the Kendrick thing, but you know, that fine wine. I always talk about the 2016 Mm -hmm. cruiserweight classic. Go back and experience Daniel Bryan's commentary on every Brian Kendrick match because yep. Daniel was overly playing the I'm cheering for my friend to the level of pure emotion that was real. And when they had that moment afterwards, when Kendrick finally got eliminated, damn, I'm not ready to take your advice on that women's tournament yet. I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not saying they need to be cooking me grilled cheese in the kitchen. I'm just saying I'm not ready because oh, I love 2016 Cruiserweight Classic that much. Let's make sure you can keep your job here, okay, BC? Uh, no, I wasn't laughing at him saying Brian Kendrick. It's just in that moment, I could have listed 30 names in WWE and would not have said Brian Kendrick. So it was like totally out of left field, unexpected. That was the first person that came to his brain when I asked that question. But we have a lot of show left. We've already gone on pretty far before getting into this Royal Rumble preview, BC. And I want to kick it off with the kickoff 
the Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy defending against Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Hideo Itami in a fatal four-way match. It will be on the kickoff show. What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, sex. Because uh, we know that's what happens where when Buddy Murphy is involved. From the moment we saw him, we thought, sex. Yes, we did. Shout out to my dog, Sasha, for barking in the background. Named after Sasha Banks, though. By wife. the way, that's a great name for a dog. And when my wife found out that it was named but after did you Barks. Co- but is, is she Sasha Barks or just Sasha? Uh, just Sasha. Sasha. Sasha B. I call her Sasha B because you know, okay. she's the boss. Anyway, uh, yeah, dude, I am not caught up on 205 Live. I'm on vacation. I've, it's been a busy boxing season, but uh, this is going to deliver. And I'm kind of, I think it's time for a multi-man match at this point. Give everybody the shine they deserve. Keep the belt on Buddy unless you are promoting him. On Mr. Bliss, on one of the most jacked dudes in the company, keep the title on him. But this is going to be hot damn fire. I mean, we got Khalid. It's a little, you know, they don't know what to do with Kalisto. They, they they don't. But putting him in this cruiserweight division, he's just like an added bonus. He has the potential to stand out in this match for all we know. Well, well he, do, he does do good lucha things. So, you know, at least at least he's going to be there for that. Um, I do think someone out of this match gets promoted. That's the key. I think it's either Buddy Murphy or Hideo Itami. And one of those two I also think walks away with the title. So whoever doesn't, I think winds up on the main roster Monday or Tuesday night. Um, I think you're right. Honest, if, if they promote Buddy, it's time to give Hideo a run because he never became yes, what he was supposed to. Exactly. And it gives him an opportunity to say – and apparently there's talk that he's not too thrilled and, and you know wants to leave when his contract up is up. And you know what? More I don't say this with everyone, but more power to him if he wants to go. Injuries derailed his career. They haven't really been able to do much with him. And honestly, he hasn't, hasn't really lived up to the expectations of, of when they signed him as Kenta. Um, line so, yeah, one, I think, Tony I Khan, think Hideo, line one. Yeah, go there, whatever. I go to Japan. Is really uh, you, by the do. way, let's just pause it for a second. Did you hear the dismissal in the Silver King's voice? This guy who's so pro AEW. I just no, because it's because it's you, it's you, and all these other, for lack of a better term, AEW marks who just want everyone to go there and them to sign everyone, and everyone should leave WWE to go there. I think he would actually. Where I would like to see him is in New Japan. That's where I would like to see him. You're, you're damn right. You're damn right. Yeah, so that's a fair you opinion to have. Yes, Conrad, we are. We are. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead, though. I, I think he wins the title here. I think Murphy gets promoted. That's just me. Because then Murphy doesn't have to lo- get pinned to lose. Now, when there's no promotion to NXT for Murphy, right? That's a that's a side to back step, right? Since he's a former um, tag champion there. I think it's a I think it's a back step, especially since he was there before. And my God, if they put Murphy backwards. I mean, what the hell would they be doing? He needs to go to a main roster. Uh, you know, he needs to go. I, You know what? I'd love to see him lose the match, be in the Royal Rumble. That'd be great. If you can't get Kenny Omega, build your own, Vince. Yep. Right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the damn Vince way. No one man is bigger than the WWE. I, I can make a new John Cena. He probably could. Hopefully make one with good hair. Let's move on. We're already behind. Let's yeah. do it. Let's roll. Also on the kickoff show, United States Championship, Rusev against Nakamura. Now, to their credit, you know, the U.S. title hasn't gotten a lot of time on WWE TV like the last six months. They've done a good job featuring it in a couple segments here and there. This is a really good match with Rusev as a face. It makes a lot of sense for him to go against Nakamura. The question is, if Nakamura loses, like, what the hell is next for this guy? Uh, And if he wins, then it's like, why did you give Rusev the title for a week and a half? Doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think Rusev just keeps it, keeps rolling on. Uh, you know what, BC? 
give me four hot minutes and get me out of here. Ah, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's definitely a piece of meat I could get behind. Let me tell you, let me tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. <laughs> yes, oh, uh, this is gonna be wow. popcorn. <laughs> Wow, wow, indeed. This is going to be a popcorn match. It sucks. It's a star popcorn match. But this is the damn Royal Rumble. You can have star popcorn matches. Keep it on, Rusev. Move on. Little side note, Aiden English being added to the 205 Live announce booth full-time, I read on Twitter. And he will also continue as a wrestler. That's fantastic. You know what? That's great because I'd like to get Nigel off of it so Nigel could have a potential to be either on Raw or SmackDown. You know, there's a chair on Raw. Might do pretty well there. Yeah, there's a chair that Renee Young sits in that she's not fulfilling. Guys, we have to be honest. I love Renee. You know who else does? Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Get her out of the booth. It's time. Okay, Evolution Carter's over. Get her out of the booth. I will say, to be completely fair, I thought last week on Raw was her best week. She had a couple really good one-liners, and she seemed way more comfortable, but it's not really working. To, to the degree that it should. We got next okay. on this rumble. All right, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, The Bar against Miz and Shane McMahon, which, you know what? I really didn't like that teaming, and I still don't fully understand where they're going with the storyline, and maybe that's good. Maybe they'll surprise me. But the last couple of weeks on SmackDown, it has been legitimately entertaining. They got the crap kicked out of them on Tuesday night when uh, The Bar basically powerbombed, I think it was, Shane McMahon into Miz on top of an announce table, and they were both laid out through the commercial break, which was awesome that they actually did something a little bit unique. They didn't just clean it all up and, you know, come back after commercial. I think they win the tag team championships. They, 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 they 100% are going to win it. And by the way, they got me too. They got me from day one. They had me at hello, Renee and uh, Renee Z, not, not Renee uh, pie. But uh, my point on this is, uh, we were surprised when the bar, <laughs> not Renee pie. <laughs> we were surprised when Ren, when uh, the bar didn't lose the titles to either the New Day or the Usos. Now right. it seems to make sense. They they kept it to be transitional to give it to Miz and Shane. I still think the long term here is that the Miz is using Shane to use the McMahon family connection to get back on a certain level. I think for this story to make sense, they have to win the titles, and the fact that they got their asses kicked on the go-home show most of the time is a, is a, is a tip in that direction, but I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah. it. Shane kind of feels... You know, I again, I don't need Shane doing coast to coast like every damn week. Can we stop doing that two episodes ago? Like, we don't come on, we don't need that. I think he Dude, hurt he, himself. Okay, so that's that's fine, but he basically did a Van Terminator with a sheet cake, and that's pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, it's again, it's a WrestleMania. Don't don't do that on on SmackDown. Anyway, anyway, small point. Shane feels different and loose and fun. I'm loving it. They got to win it here. Let's see where this is going. The Miz, by the yeah. way, holding this whole thing together perfectly. Yeah, for sure. Now, we do have the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey, defending against Sasha Banks. And I don't know, I don't think you prepped any audio, but I'm going to come out here, BC, and I'm going to say something that fans want to hear oh, me say. they want it. They want it bad they right hear now. It. Now, this is not, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it ahead of time. It's a nuanced opinion, okay, is what I'm trying to explain here. Wait, did you bang Sonny? Is that where you're going with this? No, I did not bang Sonny. Uh, I wish the record I was not banging Sonny. I wish I did, especially at the time when that was would have been great. You know what I mean? Uh, in the nineties, um, Ronda Rousey's promo on Raw was terrible. Yes, and it was. It was like it wasn't the content this time. It was the delivery, and it was her stumbling over her own words. In fact, if you go back and listen to the content, the content was pretty good. It made sense as a promo. Her, she just she gets too excited and stumbles over her words. Now that said, the final like 15 seconds when she when that uh, switch flicks and she says she's the HBIC 
and she said she's going to kick Sasha's ass, and then she stormed out of there to the ring. That was perfect. So you had like a minute and a half of pretty much crap, and then 15 seconds of absolute gold. They got to figure out a way to make that 15 seconds 45 seconds and not do the other two minutes. And if they're able to do that, I just did some Steiner math there. Forget it. But <laughs> if, if, if they're able to do that, then she will be a solid, strong promo. But you cannot have her going out there and cutting minute and a half, two-minute promos of scripted stuff, whether she scripts it, whether WWE scripts it, because she's stumbling over her words and she just repeats points. And it, it just it's not going to work. Uh, this You could argue this is, was the worst moment she's had, maybe besides this. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. Wow, never that, was way, that was way worse. Never forget on that one. This was the really bad. The promo was bad. It wasn't horrible, but it was bad. I don't know where to go next. I mean, do you just non-script her at this, unscript her at this point? I mean, we're, she's going backwards. It's not good. This was more of just a basic mistake, like you mentioned, of just forgetting the words twice, struggling right. through it. It's lack of delivery half the time. The other half the time, it's really bad content. Then we find out she's writing it. Man, it's... <sighs> Just, but the end of it, the end of it was strong, though. And we like got she a said, lot I'm, of I'm, DMs. A, I'm a badass. I'm the HBIC, and I'm going to kick Fine, your man. ass at the Royal Rumble. That's good. Like, good. Just, just do that. Here's the good news. It didn't ultimately derail what they tried to do here in the end, which is get us hyped for her yeah. against Sasha, which is going to be fantastic. The physicality between them in the end, in a go home sense, to get us ready worked. But I can't lie. What they're also along with her horrific delivery. They're ruining uh, ruining the Silver King. Yeah, don't go crazy. Take. They're threatening to tarnish her character by making her most of the time be a badass. Let's not forget, multiple times, almost uninstigated, she came out and put her boss Stephanie McMahon in an armbar. Right? Like that was, was early. That was at the beginning, though. Okay, I'm just saying that established a, that was a year ago. But that yeah. established that her character is a badass with no rules and a Steve Austin like turn. Right. Then right. why is she acting like such a, I don't know how Sasha could be mad at me. I didn't try to make her mad. I tried to respect her. Dude, that, what we saw over the last two weeks, was an insult to how well they have built up her character as a legitimate fighting badass. Right. Monster step backs. Luckily, the physicality, though. Yeah. That, that, that tag team match main event on Raw, I felt some things. Yeah, no, I mean, it was fantastic. But to your point... She can say that promo without it coming across the way you sounded, which is how she sounded. You can say, look, I try to give her a compliment. I don't get what's wrong with her. But you know what? At the Royal Rumble on Sunday, blah, 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 blah. That, that's the same content, but it's delivered in a stronger, badass-like fashion, which is what she is and what she needs to be. Silver King, I don't want to pump your bag, but I feel like you could be a, a, a delivery coach, a, a, a promo coach, because we've heard you cut some promos on the show. You guys shut the f up and let me talk for a minute. From okay? the heart, I feel like mm-hmm. if you could just maybe it's you, maybe you're the missing piece in Ronda's uh, Look, package. If here. they if they need an advocate for Ronda Rousey, there's no better person than the Silver King. But BC, this match, honestly, I am jacked up for it. It is going to be incredible, and I'm putting that as the expectation bar. Incredible. Um, we say this every time Ronda gets in the ring. It's it's. Wow, that may have been the best match that she's had so far. I'm expecting this to be the best match she's had so far. This is going to be great. The one thing that has really, really worked along with their physical times they've crossed paths in this build is Sasha is full on boss right now. She's nailing her parts in this as being 
on you know she doesn't give a damn who Ronda Rousey is. The 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 sort of the the trash talk she's delivered back makes sense character wise. You just showed up and were handed everything. Big problem with this is because of where we know they're going on the tag team level and because of how much time they've put into the damn boss in hug connection. Tell me if I'm wrong, unless they're going to swerve me, and I hope they do. I just don't think booking wise is there's any chance Sasha wins this. I can't imagine her winning. And um, I want to believe that there's that chance, right? That's why that's yeah. what, that's what you want as a fan. I want to believe that she's going to get some push that we didn't see coming and that Rousey could still end up in a triple threat with the, Bex in 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 the man in the damn Charlotte anyway. for this for the for the SmackDown women's title basically instead. And then you have Becky win the title. That would be possible. The problem is now they've shoehorned in this women's tag team championship at elimination chamber which by the way jack made a great point last week and i'm going to bring it up to you very briefly coming up um but they have they have to be one of the teams in that match sasha banks and bailey so you can't have the women's champion and the women's tag team championship match uh so here's here's what what happened so you saw the alexa bliss made the announcement uh that they're going to have the first ever women's tag team championship match and it's going to be inside elimination chamber right well you know the rules of elimination chamber there's no tags so they're going to have the first ever women's tag team championship match in a and they're going to decide it in a match without tags. Yeah, that's there's there's Come there's on. some lame elements there. That's there's credit some, to Jack. That's credit to Jack for There for are figuring a few lame elements horrible. there. The only one thing I'm really excited about on that though is there's only been one elimination chamber tag team match in the history of that event. It came 2015. Kalisto hung from the top of the cage and it was super exciting and they never went back to it. So from that standpoint, it could be a fun match, but you're right. Purity-wise, makes no sense. Roll yeah, on. but just to just repeat the point, though, there's so much time between now and WrestleMania. They could have easily had a tournament and ch- crowned the first champions at WrestleMania or done it the event before and then had Sa- – because I don't expect Sasha and Billy to win the titles straight up uh, – and then had them contend for the titles at WrestleMania. And win the- there, there's a million things they could have done. There was no reason to rush it in such a short build to Elimination Chamber where – what are they going to do? Like pick these teams one each week and then have them have tag team matches and the victories don't matter? Whoever wins them, like they all just get to be in the in the chamber match anyway – it doesn't really make sense. Now, if they maybe if they do some type of elimination matches and they build it that way, that might be something. But still, it just I don't really like the way they did it. The other women's match on the show, the SmackDown Women's Championship. And honestly, I'd probably normally want to call this last because I expect it to be great. Uh, but they really have put some good men's matches on the show as well. We have Asuka defending against Becky Lynch, BC. What have you seen from these two the last couple of weeks? Do you love it? Do you like it? Uh, you know, where are you standing? Heavy like, heavy like. The, the brawl this week... Felt a little bit forced, but at the same time, hella intense. Loved it. Like when 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 they're allowing Beck to just just you know be ninety seven Austin, just be badass Beck. It's working. Now I want to amend one thing. When we had that interview, Bex with an S. Beck. She's, she's not. My she's Beck. not the. She's, she's not Beck, a horrible musician. She's Beck Balboa she's a, to me. All right, forever. Okay. By the way, forever. Fine. By the way, and by the way, there were a lot of people that came to our show for that back interview and we're not prepared for our style and you know what they're gonna have to deal with it they're gonna have to deal with that okay people were angry that you kept calling her a heel which i've repeatedly tried to tell you like she's no longer a heel this is what i this is what i was gonna i was gonna end on this point i think i was justified in saying it was a heel turn but in the last three weeks yes they have gone overboard to show you that she's a baby face in an austin role they're doing the smart thing, though. Open the damn show with her. Let her come out and get that ovation and, and speak. Ultimately, this match is, has potential to be great. Here's the key thing. 
of the four title matches, the main title matches on this card, like somebody's got to lose their title. So in 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 natural theory, I if you ask, well, who's going to win this? I'd be like, well, you know, Oscar's going to win it, and so Becky can go to the triple threat with Rousey and Charlotte because that makes sense. But then again, Adam, I don't know if there's going to be a title change in the other three matches. So maybe, maybe this is Becky Lynch to get the belt back. Maybe play the hot hand. Title. Get the get the pop. Play the hot hand. Have her enter Mania with that damn title. Heck, have Rousey enter Mania with that damn title. Do it a triple threat match where if Charlotte wins, she can pick which title she wants. Mm. If the other ones win, it's more about pride and and disrespect than it is about the titles and the reason why this works by the way is if because if you're going to have a tag women's tag title you're not going to have a lot of space on this card for two women's championship singles matches why not why Connect not them why can't you have three one. women's matches it's wrestlemania there's not there's not a lot of real estate on wrestlemania uh i don't know man this, this isn't five years ago like the becky lynch ronda rousey plus or minus charlotte match will main event the show we haven't had a match of that caliber ever at a WrestleMania, maybe ever in WWE history. And here's for women. the other two women's matches you're going to get: a tag team championship women's match and yeah. a women's jobber battle royal. And uh, maybe Asuka as SmackDown Women's Champion versus another great wrestler. Now I fixed this for you. Smack Speculate's going to win the SmackDown title here. I fixed it for you. That's that's what's going to happen. No, I mean I, it. It doesn't make sense to have both of those titles in one match, especially if it's not a title versus title match. And if it was, you would probably do that to unify the titles, and they're not going to unify the titles. I'll tell you why so, it makes sense. Because you Vince do doesn't it. believe in Asuka like we do, like Paul does, so he okay. did this Asuka title change to appease us, and yeah. now it's going back on the man. Here's why you're wrong. Asuka's playing the heel side in this, and she's starting to slowly morph back into suited Asuka, our favorite Asuka. She <laughs> attacked Becky Lynch from behind. She's been screaming at her in Japanese. I think Asuka's doing a full heel turn. She'll be heel going into WrestleMania. And I think there's an opportunity or a, a chance that Naomi, who's now on this losing side of this Mandy Rose rivalry, might get a push to be the face challenger for Asuka at WrestleMania or anyone else. The winner of the Royal Rumble. They could have neither Becky nor Charlotte win the Royal Rumble, have both of them ch challenge Rousey and have someone from SmackDown like Nia Jax or whoever challenge Asuka. So then you have two matches that are crossing and that could work as well. But no, I, think Rouse, I think Rousey retains. I think Oscar retains. I just don't know how they could make the change and make it work despite what you said. Right, but here's my point, though. Somebody's got to lose. So I think the only one where it's going to happen is Oscar here because ultimately Vince doesn't believe. I think we're getting appeased on a few different levels from Oscar to Finn Balor if you want to go to that match right now. I think we are getting appeased and teased right now. And I do think there's some AEW connections, but we don't have the time to go there to make you all mad and hedgy. So let's just roll on. You want to talk about Brock right now? Because I'm I fired do. the hell up for this. You didn't get my take last week. Obviously, I'm fired up that they switched plans. Well, they did. Out. Apparently, they didn't. Okay, so I'll bring it up on the show, even though you don't like me mentioning his name. But Meltzer, since December, has reported that Balor is in line for a huge push, and he said Strowman was never expected to face Lesnar for the Universal Title at Royal Rumble. The planned booking was Lesnar Balor to do it this way. Obviously, I've got to be happy that they're going in the direction of Finn. I'm going to say yes. I think it's really to AEW and keeping him happy. What I didn't see coming, though was that Finn was going to get 2014 Daniel Bryan booking to have to beat Jinder Mahal to then enter that fatal four-way to then surprisingly win it. I don't know how I feel about that. While I do love, love the interactions between Finn and Vince, 
to have Finn call him out to his face. I love when you bring the real life, what we think is really going on to the screen. It's classic Vince. It's why Vince rules when he still gets it, when he still got it. He still got it at the moment. It works. I don't like, and look, maybe you think that's the only way it's going to work opposite Brock, but I don't like that we're screaming, writing it on the screen. This guy's too small. This guy's too yep, weak. Exactly. Because we never had to do that in the past. And real quick, DM slide here. I don't have time to read it because it's long, but I want to shout out one of our listeners who never gets a mention from Alan at Thugonomic Tutor. I don't know if that's his day job, but can you be a, a tutor of them? That's John. That's heel John Cena, a tutor of Thugonomics. He had a long spiel about how they should be presenting this feud, which is Brock versus Finn. He said, what is Brock's two major losses on the big you know, level Roman Reigns and Goldberg have in common? Brock getting speared by them, which you could favor is weakness to the midsection. How did Brock's UFC career end? Overeem going to the body. How did Brock, you know, essentially in some ways lose his his run there? The the diverticulitis, the the weakness to the body, the the natural things he had. He thinks with Finn Balor's finishing move that they're missing something here of playing up that the coup de gras is an RKO type finisher. And when you consider Brock's lone weakness to the body and here's history to prove it, this is the one guy to do it. I would have liked that a hell of a lot better than here's new Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, you're 100% right. I mean, sorry, not you. The uh, DM slider is 100% right. That's a great booking. Not good. Great booking. Problem is, that's not how WWE tells stories. They don't talk about wrestlers' weaknesses, right? Especially when it has to do physically. Um, unless it's an injury they're selling, right? If Brock was coming in with an injured shoulder, he would sell that. It would be taped up. They'd go after it. But they don't really do that. They don't talk about their flaws in the talent and why other talent might be able to take advantage of those. That would be great. I'd love to hear them talk about that on the kickoff show. It would be really cool if Shawn Michaels brought that up or, or whoever's going to be on that kickoff show. That's a really good idea. Um, I, I agree, and I said it last week on the show, that they hit us over the head with Balor being an underdog. We get it. He's small. He's an underdog. You didn't need to go to that length to put him over. And the criticism I gave was the end of the show two weeks ago, he beat, he pins John Cena. That's great. John Cena wants to give him a pat on the back, walk away. That would be great. Having John Cena lift his arm, give him the point and get the mic and be like, yeah, Finn Balor made me believe. It's so unnecessary. He was already over. Fans already like and believe in him. You didn't need John Cena to do that. So I know I'm repeating myself from last week, but some of you maybe without BC on the show didn't listen. Shame on you. That's loyal. That's loyalty. Talk about hustle, loyalty, and respect. Anybody that didn't listen to the show out of protest to the Silver King because they love them (laughs) some BC, Mount Rushmore quality move right there, all right? Fine, fine. But you, you would have heard good quality points like that on last week's show. Had you listened, if anyone did not, we actually did have a really good number, but that's besides the point. You know what? Look, I don't want to play into their hands. Okay. I think if you want to talk about one of these four main championships, the best one that has a a chance changing hands, it feels like going into this pay-per-view, it's this one. It feels like they could really put the title on Balor and have a Balor Rollins match at WrestleMania. And I would love that, but it does seem like Lesnar Rollins is the plan. So, I, maybe they just can't do it, but it would be epic if Finn Balor walked out of the Royal Rumble with the title. I fear that this is a 
a push to appease us as fans of Balor, to appease Balor that he doesn't get cranky and want to go to AEW, and ultimately it's still Brock bringing the championship into WrestleMania. Now, we do have an in-between pay-per-view. Uh, it's usually Fastlane. Is it not Fastlane? Is it the Elimination Chamber at this point? The in-between pay-per-view yeah, one of them. You know, typically decides this, but I mean, it would be a nice surprise if we get the pop of Balor winning, even if he's only to lose it at the next one. Don't think they will do, though. I, I think it has the potential to be a really fun match because when Lesnar's dialed in, like he was against AJ, like he was against Daniel Bryan, and he's willing to sell, his body size, his, uh, you know, count is such a perfect contrast for a small athletic guy. This could be special in a fun match. I hope it is. This You're going to have some organic, it's still real to me, damn it, fan reactions in the crowd. And that's rare these days. So this is, you know, they have an opportunity to cash it in, but they won't. They won't cash it in. And, well, but, but, but let's let's also be clear. Balor losing to Lesnar is not a burial. It's, it's not a shame. There's no shame in losing to Brock. And I expect Brock to give us the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles performance that he's given them the last two Survivor Series for Balor. He did it on Monday night, just taking that drop kick into the uh, ringside barrier and the, a couple moments in the ring. I expect this to be a fantastic match. And I expect Balor to go over even if he doesn't get the pin. He will be the star of this match. But do you fear Vince ruining it with a schmoz Braun Strowman finish? And then so, your guy BC will be so angry. I want to shut this stuff off! That's when the bedsheets will come back. It It is feasible. And I do hate that the Braun element is there. I would have almost rather them had Braun get schmozzed out of the Corbin match months ago with Lashley. And then you have a Strowman-Lashley feud that you can develop for WrestleMania. And then you don't even have to worry about Braun in this match because Braun is not, he should not be in a main event picture. And I don't know when they're going to pay off Braun Brock, but it feels like it needs to be now. And like you said, there's limited time. I don't expect Brock, if he still has the title, to work Elimination Chamber. And if he does, I don't expect him to work the other one that we don't know the name of. A lot of questions. A lot of questions So what the hell is going to happen? And you know what? It's exciting. It's fun. And we got three more matches on this Royal Rumble card. We're just getting started, BC. We have the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan defending against AJ Styles. And if you want to talk about hot fire, the last two weeks on SmackDown, the entirety of this feud has dominated. They haven't even been the featured feud on SmackDown, despite it maybe even being a little bit better than what Becky Lynch has been doing the last three weeks. I am loving this. I am so Damn excited for this match. Number one match on the card I'm excited for. Um, a shout out, a negative shout out to our man who I love, the great Jack Crosby who filled in last week, but I read his SmackDown recap this week and he did not like the Daniel Bryan, Vince McMahon interaction. Are you kidding me? You know what I felt like? Oh man, I'm fired up for this. Daniel Bryan calling out the baby boomers. Daniel Bryan twice give it, having Vince give him that angry dad reaction of get in the ring. This is genius. Gold. This was Daniel Bryan taking that character and just enlarging it and stretching it and going further with it. I was nearly enlarging myself and stretching it and going forward with it. That did not come out good. My point is, that's genius. Brilliant. I care about this match. I don't think you do the title change, though. The money's always in the chase. They are setting up right here for AJ Styles to have a real WrestleMania moment. Let's quickly recap AJ Styles' WrestleMania history. Chris Jericho, mid-card match, really fun, underrated match that we'll look back upon and love. Shane McMahon, opening match, really fun match we'll look upon and love. Didn't really matter. What did they do at Wait, last wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Looking back on that, we were not excited for no, that no, match. No, no, it's a great match. That match saying, almost stole the show. 
great okay. match. My point is, in the hierarchy of like a WrestleMania moment, a title match, like it was not a WrestleMania moment. Correct. Uh, last year against Nakamura turning heel, it it failed to live up to its lofty expectations. I think it got panned more than it deserved. Good heel turn at the end, not a WrestleMania moment. We don't know how long AJ feels like he can wrestle the fifty five, but we don't know. You got a chance to give babyface AJ Styles a WrestleMania title winning moment against another star. Brian's got to retain here so we can do that. True or false, yes or no? Where are we going? Well, Brian has to retain, but I just don't think Styles is going to be in the title picture come WrestleMania. I really don't. I think probably the winner of the Royal Rumble. Well, no, I still think that's going to be Rollins. Um, I, I, I just think Daniel Bryan will have a new challenger at that time. I think Styles will be in another feud, a totally different feud. And you have to have the WWE title picture without him for a little bit. You have to remember, he had the title, what, more than a year, right? Like, I need the break. AJ Styles now is better than AJ Styles the champion was for the last six months. So I like AJ Styles non-champion. I like Daniel Bryan with the championship. And I want Daniel Bryan to be able to put someone over at WrestleMania. I don't know who it's going to be. Dude, who the hell knows? The fact that Mustafa Ali is getting pushes. What if it's Mustafa Ali by then? Who, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. How are you going to feel this? Are you ready? I got three words for you. Babyface Kevin Owens. I would love babyface Kevin Owens going over. I don't see that happening. Stand up right. That'd be fantastic. That'd be freaking fantastic. Yeah. It'd be great. Um, but I do think Brian retains. I I don't really think there's title changes on the show outside of the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and maybe the Cruiserweight in the Kickoff Show. I'm kind I don't of know. forcing the my matches Becky are going to be good. Pick. We might get a couple schmazes. I'm forcing my Becky Lynch pick because I feel like you have to change one of the four, but we'll see. All right, we got to roll on, and it's Rumble time. It's Rumble match time. It is women's. Yes, Interesting women's here. match. We got Carmella coming in at number 30. We have Charlotte Flair announced for the field. And basically every single woman on the main roster, except for the four that are in the title matches, have been announced. And on Monday night, BC, and I'm curious to hear what you thought about it, Alexa Bliss announced that she is in the Rumble match. Was it right for them to make that announcement, or should that have been a surprise? Yeah, you know, I've seen the arguments back and forth on this. <sighs> I don't I, I'd be honest, I don't really care either way. Like I'm excited for it, but I, I don't really think it's a it's a it's a point of debate where it's like, no, nah, they should have held it. It's fine. I'm excited. She got a pop from it. It's cool. Yeah, I think it would have been cool for like it to hit twenty nine and for her to come out. Because you're like, Oh yeah, wow, Bliss isn't in the rumble. And then, you know, her music hits and it's like, Oh, that's pretty cool because fans do like her. And people even if you hate her, you like her. Um so it felt it did feel like a waste for them to do that. And I've now said this, this will be my third week. They should cancel Moment of Bliss. It's the worst talk show in WWE history. <laughs> it's terrible. Hey, how about that, uh, is. that locker room moment with Bliss? That was very uh, attitude-y. Yeah, uh, people were, like, bothered by it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, the only thing I didn't like was it didn't really make storyline sense. It did, if you went back two weeks. You remember the guy brought coffee out during her segment. So this time he tried to bring it before her segment. But he walked in on her. So it kind of made storyline sense, but it was totally unnecessary. But it also didn't show anything. I mean, look, candidly, women still to this day wear less than that to the ring than she was wearing in that segment. I had no issue with it. It felt PG-13, and I liked the feeling. Yeah, As much PG-13 as I liked the feeling of, of what was been going on with uh, Naomi, the Usos, and, uh, the, and the other uh, – what's the heck's her name? Come on. Mandy Rose? Mandy Rose. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, rolling on Women's Royal Rumble. All right. My pick has to be dependent upon the fact that I picked Becky Lynch to beat Asuka 
and that we're only going to have one women's singles title match. So because of that, Charlotte has to win the Rumble. I stand by that. Charlotte Flair, the star. They had Sasha win the first one, correct? Or am I wrong? Or Oscar? Sasha, no. Oscar no, no, no. Oscar. Oscar won the first one. Charlotte Flair. She's the star. Sasha hasn't, Sasha hasn't had a big win in like over a year. They want to remind yeah. us that Charlotte Flair is still on the same level as Becky and Ronda. Becky and Ronda will enter as champions into this historic triple threat women's main event match at WrestleMania. And Charlotte will enter that match as the Royal Rumble winner. So all three are essentially entering on equal playing terms. It's time. I originally wanted the double elimination, you know, so to force a three-way match basically is what I wanted. The repeat of the was Lex Luger, Bret Hart finish, I believe. Um, that is originally what I wanted. I just don't think they feel like executing that. You know what I mean? So what I think happens is Charlotte Flair wins the Rumble, challenges Ronda Rousey the next night on Raw or in the middle of the ring, and Becky Lynch's music hits, says, hey, remember how you jumped into my match? I'm jumping into this one. Do something about it, right? Gets in the match, boom. Maybe she has to beat Charlotte at Elimination Chamber inside elimination well maybe not that but uh she maybe she has to beat her one-on-one for that opportunity i think becky lynch wins her way in but charlotte flair gets the win at the royal rumble puts herself face to face with rousey and you know what i'm fine with that happening that way what's the wild card female winner that we will be mad at uh well we the one that we would be mad at would be nia Jax. we would be angry yeah yeah you're right because because we don't want we actually as a character do not want to see her the other one, fans would still pop, but it would be a downer, would be Alexa Bliss winning. Just because she was pushed for two straight years, maybe even longer than that, as champion. She was never, like, not champion on both brands. And I don't really care to see an Asuka-Alexa Bliss match. It doesn't right. do anything I for me. I got something to ask you related to this and related now to our predictions in the Men's Royal Rumble. You ever hear of Brian Owens at Owens 11B? You could say— Sounds you- familiar. Say he's a dark horse candidate to try to crack the code of that Mount Rushmore that one day we will unveil the Tristan Adelanos. Maybe the Bob Blacklin at Talkbox, Adam's greatest enemy, besides Thomas Jordan Sutton on Twitter. Maybe, maybe, never forget that feud. But Brian Owens has an interesting question here, Adam, that I'd like you to answer. Quote, DM slide. This might be crazy, but hear me out on this. We like crazy talk on this talk. Brian says, what if Charlotte wins the Women's Royal Rumble? Asuka beats Becky to start the Rumble show. And then because Becky is the man, Becky enters and wins the Men's Royal Rumble. And that's how they get to Charlotte, Ronda, Becky, triple threat at Mania since they both get to pick a champion to go against. I think it would be awesome. End quote. Brian Owens' BO is out. Adam, your thoughts on that ish? Uh, I think not only is he out from that DM slide, I think he's out of any consideration for the uh, Mount Rushmore. People are taking this wow. man, people are taking this man thing way too seriously. It's the man, like the best, like I'm the king of the castle, the queen of the castle. It doesn't mean she thinks she's a man. It doesn't mean she would be in a men's match. Now, now that I've just criticized this, watch them go and do it and make me look like a jackass. But that's not what man means, and everyone that keeps thinking that and saying that. I just feel like you're taking it too far. Remember when so, Kevin Owens was in the um the what do you call those uh the porta pot and he came out with the blue goo all over him from Braun Strowman? Yeah. You just blue gooed BO, Brian Owens. You were basically like That is one of the worst 
things that you've ever said on this podcast. Wow, Brian Odds. Uh, it's <laughs> you can't look at this scenario. I'm not talking about her coming in the men's. No, but rumble. they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it now, and I'm gonna look like a jackass. Okay, but I I'm not talking that. about her coming in and kicking everyone's ass. I'm ta- imagine this scenario. We're already down to two people in the match, and she's number thirty, and she just kind of comes in from behind and flips them over the top. You mean you mean our truth? Yeah. That's yeah. right. You're right. That, that's not going to happen. By the way, I, I said, I've said this when it first happened, but them rewarding number 30 and having it scheduled ahead of time is horrible. It ruins the surprise. You want that number 30 to be who's 30. Oh my God. If we don't know who it is and someone surprises you now, we know who it is. And look, I love our truth and I really like Carmella. They ain't exciting enough right, for me to be, be to anticipate them hitting number maybe 30. Maybe Brian Owens is right. Maybe we're getting set up to be played. Maybe, Truth's music will hit because we already know what's happening. We're like, ah, oh, yeah, Adam was and right. She takes him out. And she, the, the man takes him out, and then she gets, like, what, a cheap win. And you're right. It's not, I'm going to go challenge Brock Lesnar. It's What would be funnier is if she traded him something backstage. Like, hey, I'll give you, you know, the number 30 spot in the women's rumble instead. Or, you know, I don't know, came up with something that he thought was good. He traded out of it. Then she took his spot, ran in, and did what you're saying. But... I just really don't see that happening. I, I think it's taking the man thing a little bit too far. It is possible. It would be quite a swerve. And I don't, I mean, I don't think I would like it. Um, I don't think it's necessary either. I don't think you need both of them to win the Royal Rumble. Be, more importantly, because I think there's someone in Seth Rollins who needs to win the Royal Rumble and needs to fight Brock Lesnar or Finn Balor at WrestleMania um, and give that match a gravitas that honestly the men's Royal Rumble hasn't really had recently when you consider the guys who have won it. I mean, Nakamura won and it was fine, but they wasted it. He didn't win the title. You had Randy Orton win and have that match with Bray Wyatt, which sucked. And he didn't need to win the Rumble to get that match. I would like to see someone win the match, make an impact, go to WrestleMania, win a title. We've had too many Del Rio winning, Sheamus winning. We've had too many of those years that you're right. It's time to get massive pop with Seth Rollins winning. He's my pick. He's your pick. It all makes sense for a lot of reasons. And you send him in there against Lesnar at Mania. And that's hot freaking fire. It's everything. Is, are we getting set up to be pissed off? Who's the Randy Orton that's going to win this that we don't see coming? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, if Drew McIntyre wins, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't hate that, right? I would like Drew McIntyre winning. Honestly, man, the entire New Day's in there. I would love it if Kofi or Big E won and challenged Daniel Bryan. I think that would be incredible booking. That's why it won't happen. No, that won't happen. Uh, we're going to see a surprise legend or anything. Uh, we're not going to see Omega. What are we going to see? What is there, What's the biggest surprise we're going to see? Nothing? I don't know. I think NXT people, maybe Velveteen Dream, maybe Adam Cole, something like that. I just don't think there's – I don't know who would be a big surprise to enter that match. Buddy Murphy. All right, hear me maybe. out on this. You mentioned Velveteen Dream. Now, they it's not – They've done this in the past. They did it last year with Almas. They'll give you an NXT guy and put him in the Rumble. They do that almost every year. But what they don't give you is an NXT guy making his debut in the Rumble and then winning it and then going into WrestleMania in a championship match. If they decided to surprise the balls out of us and press play on Velveteen Dream right now, the mar- the Mark Milk. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my God. The, mar- <laughs> the Milk of Mark. Are you kidding me? Daniel Bryan, Velveteen Dream, are you kidding me? Yeah, it would be honestly epic. It really would be. Wow. It would be. Paul um, Levesque, but... Paul Levesque, please. I know I know somebody's listening. No, nobody's listening. Stop it. Ex- That's why I can say the word balls. No one's listening to this show. Nobody. Nobody. Expectations are extremely high, obviously, for the Royal Rumble BC. 
but you know what happens about 24 hours before NXT takeover Phoenix. I am absolutely floored at this match card. It is something to be just praised. Champa Black, Baszler Belair, Undisputed Era War Raiders, Ricochet Gargano, oh. and probably the first match on the card, Matt Riddle against Cassius Ono. That's and gonna be awesome. For too. better, you know, for for all intents and purposes, it's it's Riddle's real takeover debut outside of that squash match. This has potential to be awesome. Hey, let's talk to Matt Riddle right now about this and much more. The king of all bros coming at you for a half hour. Yes, feel spots. Activate it now. Enjoy. The king of all bros stepping into the CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast. Bro, how is it, man? Dude, it's good to be here. I mean... I'm calling you, or you called me, and we're on the phone, but it's still pretty legit. It feels good. It's, it is legit. It, it's very legit. It feels good. It feels great to have you on this show, on this level, on this platform, on Saturday's NXT TakeOver Phoenix card, which is about to take over pro wrestling, as these TakeOver shows tend to do, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. We're going to get a lot of bro, Cassius Ono, what should be a hellacious match. Uh, Matt Riddle, ex-UFC fighter. A lot of people know your story. Some people don't, bro. But we've wanted you on this level, like I mentioned, for a long time. I want to be cheesy with you. The the kid on the inside. How does it feel to finally be here, WWE, NXT, getting this type of treatment? You know, it's it's been a long time coming. But I think, you know, you got to work for it. You got to put your time in. And, uh, you know, it feels good. You know, I'm 33, just turned 33 last Monday. And, it, you know, I got a family. It just it feels right. You know, I feel like I'm getting treated like I should be. And uh, I'm getting the opportunities I've worked so hard for for so long. And, uh, and I'm going to take every opportunity I get and run with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's awesome. There's not, it, it, can't, it couldn't be any better. Well, I mean, it could be. If I was in the Royal Rumble, it would be pretty sweet. <laughs> if, if. Hey, tune in Sunday night, folks. If, if. if. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen next. Hey, look, when you. I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Vince, if you're listening, please, please uh, call me. Text me back, Vince. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, Matt Riddle, we're fired up to see you there. When you made the change from MMA to pro wrestling, I know it took you some time to win over the fans, but. I got to take you back to when I first got a taste. Sweaty Gymnasium, 2016, Brooklyn. You versus a fella named Tommy End that we, of course, know today as Alistair Black. I don't know exactly where that moment was for you on the timeline, but the two of you jumped off the page. I said, that's Riddle? That's the UFC guy? I don't think I've seen somebody where I said I felt more like that was a natural right there. Tell me about this evolution to get to this point. Uh, well, you know, the evolution is, you know, like Gabe and guys like Tommy and Tim Thatcher and Zach Sabre and Drew Gulak. And, you know, when I got to work with Evolve, it just really opened up a door of talent that I got to work with. And I took full advantage of it. And, uh, I, I just picked their brains. You know, I even got to the guy I'm working this weekend. Oh, no, I got to pick his brain, too. I got to work with him before before he was mean to me. And, you know, it's just, I just feel like I picked up so much stuff 
you know, and and I think a lot of people don't get that opportunity because, you know, you got to kind of like go through the industry a different way. But with my background and legitimacy, I was able to brush shoulders with some of the best independent workers in the world. I mean, you're stiff. You're sublimely athletic. You've got the cool factor with the bro thing. You got the legitimacy of being a real badass fighter. You also wrestle barefoot, and we don't see that a lot today, Matt Riddle. And when I see that, I'm getting Kevin Von Erich, King Haku feels. What are the pitfalls of wrestling barefoot? Take us through the science here. Well, you know, I think anybody that watches a lot of pro wrestling or has ever wrestled themselves knows how hard it is to wrestle barefoot. And then they even work the style that I work barefoot, you know, because there's a lot of risk, you know, banging your toes, getting caught on a turnbuckle or a post, you know, somebody stepping on it. But, you know, funny thing is, most people don't know this about me, but when I was a kid, I got frostbite on my feet. So, and I kind of lost feeling in both my feet. So I really don't feel them. So not that I break my toes or anything, but I really don't feel the tops of my feet. So I feel like I get away with a lot of stuff, you know? But I'd say the biggest thing wrestling barefoot is when you get slammed. Because if you get slammed and your heels hit first, you'll just like blow out your ankle and your heel. So you got to always land flat footed while people in shoes can kind of get away with being sloppy. So I got to take a shit with you, Matt, because I'm someone trying to lose weight, trying to get in shape. I look at you, your cut is all hell. And I heard an interview recently where you said you do not work out. Is that true? And how is that possible though? <laughs> I, I work out now more because I'm at the PC and they, they make right. me come to the gym all the time. But uh, I think I feel like I got more abs now. But uh, no, uh, I think before, you know, I think it is uh, the way I eat. I look at my body like a car. So like say if I stay at home and play video games today and don't do much, I'm probably not going to put that much gas in the car, right? So I'm probably not going to eat that much food. But if I go to the gym or I wrestle like Keith Lee and I deadlift him and suplex him on his head and do a bunch of stuff, I'm probably going to eat like five pounds of food. So I, I just. I feel like I put in what I put out, you know? So I think that's a big thing. I do do some intermediate fasting, so I usually don't eat till probably, like, I only eat about eight hours during the day. The rest of the time I'm doing other stuff or just drinking water or whatever. So I think those play a factor. And, uh, yeah, and I think the MMA career helped, you know, the amateur wrestling. Like, I, I feel like I put in so much work younger that now I can just kind of like coast by as long as I don't binge you. So. <laughs> I got so I many. Mean, I maintain though. I maintain. I do. I like play some video games and do some push-ups and sit-ups. You know, my wife works out all the time, so like I gotta, I gotta keep the bod tight for her. She'll probably leave me or something. Got to please the lady at home. Keep the bod tight. You're hearing all the the key advice here from the king of all bros, uh, dude. Keep keep the bod tight for the wife. You know, they appreciate the hard work. Oh, yes, I love that. I love that. Hey, this uh, King of Bros thing, uh, you going to get Zack Ryder knocking on your door at all? The broski for a, a, a patent violation here? We're going to see a feud over this? Is he okay with this? You know, I've seen him. He really hasn't said much to me. I don't know. He might be threatened slightly. You know, another bro's on his turn. But right now, I'm just you know, I'm in NXT, so I don't see too much of a problem with it. But, uh, 
Yeah, you know, he might be, you might get mad because I consider myself the king of bros, but we are also two different bros. He's more of like a Long Island, like intense gym tan laundry kind of bro. <laughs> and I'm more like, hey, let's just chill out, watch some cartoons and maybe skateboard or something kind of bro. You, you know, I'm a, I'm a more laid back, let it flow, bro. He's a more, let's go to the club, do something, bro. There's two different, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bros out there. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people just sum us up in one category, but there's a lot of, you know, subsections of bro, you know? Yeah, and then there's the uh, play with action figures, bro, and that's that's also Zack Ryder, you know. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, whatever you got to do. That's perfectly fine. All right, you made an impact Good right job. away with NXT. A lot of people were waiting for you. The people that didn't know much about you, certainly your character grabbed them. Let's talk about this gimmick, this sandal flip. How do you how do you perfect this? Because it's magic, bro. Dude, you know, it's it's something I was gifted with from a young age. Uh, you know, nobody taught me. It was just something that, you know, I dreamt up one day. And uh, it was, it's just me. Just flipping sandals off. I, mean, I don't know. Honestly, I got the sandals. I've been doing it for a while on the indies. And, like, people would go crazy, but, like, I don't know. I'm on the indies, so I feel like it's just not that many people saw it. Only a couple thousand, maybe. <laughs> But then uh, once I got to the E, like, they, all they talked about was my sandals. I was like, yeah, how'd you like the badge? I was like, I don't know, but those sandals, the way you flipped them off. I was like, damn it. Like, I've been working hard on my wrestling. And then all you talked about was my sandals. But, yeah, you know, I've been I've been working hard at it. You know, the sandal flip, it just comes natural. You know, it's, it's my bro technique. And, uh if anybody needs any classes or anything, you can reach me at the Performance Center. I do teach classes on sandal and uh, flip-flop removal. So just, just contact me. If you contact a Paul, he'll give you my contact, and it's easier that way. Yeah, yeah, just, just call, ask for Paul Levesque. He'll make it work for you. Uh, he, I, dude, he, he's good like that. Yeah, he, so. he's, he, is, he is a good brother, as they say in the business. Uh, wow, this, this barefoot magician, Matt Riddle, I don't want to get into athlete's foot, but you must catch that walking around those arenas barefoot. Another topic, another time. Let's get into more important stuff. NXT take. Well, NXT. What, how, how you gonna how you gonna bring up athletes' foot in my bare feet and then say another topic another uh, hey, time? I'm but, here for how it. How you not let me defend myself, bro? Bring Let's it. I'm clean. here for it. Dude, you know what it is? I, I'll say this: I have the cleanest seat in the game, and you're like, "Well, that's bold." But check this out: I go to the bathroom. I wear my flip flops. I kick them off before I even step two foot two steps in the ring. They're off, right? Everybody else that I wrestle, they go to the bathroom. They go outside. And then they wear their shoes in the ring. So I'm really the cleanest one there, you know. In, in fact, everybody's putting me in jeopardy, you know. <laughs> but go ahead. Let's, let's move on. Hey, I, li- I like the little side detour there. All right, back to the real business here. If anyone's a fan of wrestling, they know that the NXT brand has really established itself as what we call on this show the steak dinner, the top shelf, the the – the hardcore fans dream of what wrestling should be, what it should look like, taste like, feel like the takeover shows are like the, uh, the, the prom, the wedding, the, it just delivers magically when you were watching from a distance at what these takeovers were producing, the fireworks in these matches. How much do you have the itch to join this pantheon? 
to to say, yeah, I'm going five stars, bro. Sign me up. I'm ready. Hey, Ono, get all get, call him, bring him in from the bullpen. I'm ready. You ready to come out here and, and change the game consistent with what Takeover's been doing? Oh yeah, you know I think uh, take, the takeovers have been great. Every single one, top to bottom. I, they keep them short. They keep them sweet. They give the entertainers the proper amount of time, and it's a great show. But I don't think you know it's going to stop there. And especially bringing me in, it, I'm just going to elevate the roof, you know. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily mean you know, I'm going to do something like a ricochet type flip, but just the way I work is extremely physical, and I really haven't. You know, haven't really been given enough time to really beat somebody down. So I think, you know, I think this weekend, Cash is going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to get enough time in the ring with me where I get to hurt him and I get to show the world what I can do. I love that. I love that. Look, I mentioned how I feel like unique your overall your style is. Is there any? past performers it's rooted in though who are you sampling do you feel like you're cutting a new mold or do you feel like you took a little bit of this guy and this guy and this guy and mixed it together you know my thing is i try to do what i would do naturally in my life like in my fight but even when i had my first ufc fight on the ultimate fighter i had one amateur fight before that but if you watch that fight i'm doing things that like a five or ten year vet would be doing just in the sense of trying to hurt somebody, you know, and wrestling's no different. I think a lot of people need to be told what to do in situations. And me, it's like, if you touch my leg or grab it, I'm probably going to kick you in the face with my other leg, you know, or I'll slap you or I'll try to break your arm with my other two hands. You know, you don't need to teach me that. I already know. I can feel it. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you asked. I forgot the question. I just went on a rant about <laughs> kicking people in the face. Oh, I loved it. I, I think I think you answered my question. We're right there with kicking people in the face. No, I mean, look, they, I figured I did. I, you know, you, you do a stiff style, but I feel like it is unique. I don't feel like you're necessarily copying anybody or melding anybody. What we're seeing is I think you that's why you connect with the fans, because it is so pure and unique. I don't know if anybody connects on the with the fans on the exact same level that you do. Can, can you agree with that? Are you are you feeling the, uh, I mean, they're, they're getting hit in the field spot every time you're walking out there. Yeah, you know, I make it a point. I feel like a lot of uh, entertainers or even wrestlers, you know, a lot of them when they go out into a crowd, even if they're, you know, charismatic or what have you, they, they don't like connect with people because they don't look at people. They kind of look over them. And not in a disrespectful way, but you're trying to, like, make it so you're looking at everybody. Well, me personally, I literally look at every single person in their face. I try. I try to look every single person in their face and lock eyes with them. It's, it's something I've done since I started wrestling, and I've noticed that there's no other way to connect with another human being than looking them in the face. And locking eyes. It's it's one of the most awkward things to do. But once you get used to it, it's really, you know, it's really nice. And it's really contagious. And as you can see, when I walk out into a crowd of 15,000 people or 5,000 people, or however big the crowd is, I make sure I lock eyes with everybody in the front couple rows. And as I'm in the ring, I can go more rows deep. And I really try to look everybody in the face and try to make a connection with every person. Good guy, bad guy, doesn't matter. I'm looking in the face. 
Yeah, I like this. I, I like the life lessons again that we look keep the wife happy, look people in the face. I like that. Uh, Matt Riddle, true or false? You did you send a Christmas card to Dana White this recent holiday season? You know, every other year I did, but I forgot this year. It was just so busy. I was at Madison Square Garden and so you know, so much on the plate for the Browns. Uh, I forgot. Do you feel with the way, with the success you've had in pro wrestling now since transitioning away from MMA, that it's it, it, it's fulfilled you and justified where you don't need to look back anymore at the comments Dana said when you exited the sport? Well, funny enough, when I got fired, I kind of didn't you know pay any attention to Dana, and everybody told me how nasty the video was, and I didn't watch it for years until like probably like a year before I started pro wrestling. But uh, I, I could really care less, you know. Honestly, one of the biggest reasons I started pro wrestling is, one, I always wanted to do it, and I love it. And then, two, I was living in Las Vegas. I was done fighting. My wife was working. We had a house I already paid for with my fighting career. And I was just, but I just felt like I was like, I felt like there was more to be done. I felt like I was selling myself short. And, and I also felt like the world of mixed martial arts didn't have a spot for me or didn't feel like using me, you know, it just felt like impossible. And, uh, yeah, you know, wrestling, I've never, I've just never been happier. I get to do it three, four times a week. I get to train, I get to travel. I get to, I get to work with guys like HBK and others like Sky Jihadi and other legends. I grew up watching. It's, it's literally like the greatest job ever. It's like, I'd never, want to look back at any of those comments, nor would I ever want to work for somebody that would treat their employees like that or talk about their employees like that after they put in half a decade under their company, you know? So, I mean, I could care less. They, they're, they're moving their direction. I'm moving my direction. I feel like my direction's a lot brighter. And if you look at where a lot of mixed martial artists are going, even Josh Barnett has, he's doing blood sport this year, which was my card last year. And he has Frank Mir on there and a bunch of other martial artists. So if MMA was that great and Dana was that good and all that, I think more of them would still be there. So, Well, you're not there anymore. You're with WWE. You're in NXT. And I think there's a lot of, let's for lack of a better word, independent talent, talent out in Japan that might be apprehensive to come to WWE to begin in NXT. You've been there for a little while now. What do you think about the NXT, the Performance Center? And what would you say to some people that may actually have that apprehension and think, no, if I go to WWE, I need to go straight to that main roster? You know, I would say this. One, a lot, I would rather, a lot of the guys that work at NXT are guys I, I like working with. I've worked with them on the Indies. And I think we all have the same mindset, you know? Uh, I think we all have the same vision. We want to be, you know, like you said, we're like the golden standard for wrestling right now. And it's right. because of the work we put in, the time we put in, and and the way we do things and the talent we use, you know. I know a lot of people, and trust me, it's mostly, I think, if you want to get to the main roster, because there is a pay raise, and you are on television, you know. While right, right now in NXT, you're mostly just on the network. I know worldwide we're on the network and some other TV stations. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I think people just want to be on that TV. You know, and just like me, I grew up not watching NXT. I grew up watching Raw. 
I grew up watching WrestleMania, right. Royal Rumble. It's like these are the things that stick out in my mind that are like these are the things that have been in my life the whole time. You know, so I think that's why a lot of people want to go right up to the main roster. But being here, working with everybody and doing it, I I'm happy doing what I'm doing right now. Granted, you know, everybody likes to be on T V and make a little more money. But I think I'm in the right spot. I think everything's going perfect and I would recommend to anybody like you know, there's you hear horror stories but they're not true. Like if you come here and you work hard and you do what you say you're gonna do, you you're gonna be the man or the woman, you know? But it's it's literally you just gotta you, you make your own and if you don't help yourself that's that's kind of on you you know so if anybody's listening and they're thinking about coming here or have an opportunity i recommend it yeah. you know they pay they pay well and they're super nice and they they want everybody to be successful because the more success you have the more success they have it's it's common sense well, the opportunity to grow, as you mentioned, obviously, is invaluable. You mentioned HBK, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Dude. Friends don't let bro. friends get haircuts, bro. Did you did you counsel uh, the master there, Mr. WrestleMania, and say, hey, Shawn, you may want to grow that back? You know, I, I give I give no feedback like that. You know, Shawn, Shawn does Shawn. You know, I'm lucky if he, you know, says hi, gives me some critiques, you know. I'm just happy to be part of the team. See Mr. WrestleMania. <laughs> Joking, you know? of course. But, I mean, seriously, one-on-one -on -one getting to work with a guy like that, uh, what, what's that like? It, dude, it's awesome. It, it, it's it's incredible. Like I said, like, imagine, like, I grew up as a kid watching it and being like, oh, man, can you ever imagine, like, doing anything with this guy? Let alone, like, he's telling you how awesome you are and he can't wait to work with you and, and he's telling you, how, you know, it's, it's it's amazing. It's the same thing with like my coach was Scotty Tahani and Norman Smiley and like all these guys I grew up watching. And I was like, I think a lot of people like say they were a big fan of wrestling, but like I was the dude like having my parents like record like WCW on Saturday mornings and stuff like that just so I could like watch it over and over again. So. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I said. I'm living the dream. I'm living my best life right now. It's pretty legit. <laughs> Let this barefoot legend living his best life. I love it. Let's extend Dude, that. I'm, I, I'm living my best life. A barefoot legend. I'm, I'm a couch stallion. That's my new. That's my new title from the Edge and Christian show. There it is. There it is. They said I'm a because I lived on my mom's couch before I got to the UFC, and they were like, "Does that suck?" And I was like, "No, I'm living on my mom's." couch was awesome like i was a stallion <laughs> living on my mom's couch living the dream and and now i'm living on my own couch and living the dream mob meatloaf i love it i love it well let, let's extend that dream for a second because adding your name now to the mix at nxt and eventually the main roster has every fan licking their lips at the potential dream matchups and I can use that dream word even more for me and be like Velveteen Dream. But no, another conversation another day. I've heard many times in stories that your dream matchup is Brock Lesnar. Is that still true? Oh, yeah. Really, honestly, this this is my goal for this weekend. After I beat Cash Zona, I'm going to do access, whatever, up, up, down, down, whatever. Then I'm going to show up to the Rumble. I, if I had to, I'll beat somebody up, take their spot. I win the Rumble. 
Brock beats Finn, and then I beat Brock at WrestleMania and retire the beast, and he can go to MMA and do whatever he wants. Wow! And then I can be, and I can be the true champion. Hey, brother, the if that's truest the champions, the couch stallion, the bro, <laughs> Matt Riddle. And bro, if that turns into a shoot, you can handle yourself a bit. I can, dude. I, I'm a world, dude. I'm a world champion in jiu-jitsu. I'm pretty sure I can. You know, grab some wrist control and get to the ropes. It's a and it's a four count. Like it's like Pancrase. Like he gets me on the ropes. I'm like, dude, break, break, disqualify him. I win. You know, so <laughs> this guy, this guy, Matt. Riddle, I trust me. I know what I, I know what I'm doing. I'm ready. Is there any more life lessons? Any more wisdom you can share with us regular folk? Because I'm, you I'm... Know, I could probably go all day, but I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I'll give you. I'll give you one. One more. I don't. I don't know a lot, but I know what I know. Oh wow, that's deep. That is deep. There uh, you go. Before we close that's, here, that's, uh, the bro gets pretty deep. <laughs> I'll leave you at that. Take us there when you met Vince for the first time. What does that look like? Ooh. Okay. So I that was at Madison Square Garden. So I was. I just got done with my match. And it was it was pretty sweet. It was a ten man, and you know all the all the NXT guys, and we were in the back, and we just uh, got a critique from Cena, and then Cena asked me to explain what a bro was for about ten minutes, and I tried to explain that I'm the king of bros, and he's like, "What's the king of bros?" And I'm like, "Matt Riddle," and he's like, "Who's Matt Riddle?" I go, "Man, it was a whole thing." But eventually, John Cena leaves me alone, and then. Vince comes out of the gorilla position. Now we're all told, don't talk to Vince. Don't go, you know, you like, don't bother them. So this is, this is the only interaction I've ever had with the guy. So he's walking out of gorilla and he looks over at me and I look at him. He smiles. I smile. He keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah right was, there bro right that there so that's I'm it pretty sure i'm pretty sure i'm gonna win the rumble this yeah year. i like think he locked eyes for like four seconds i don't so. want to tip the tip vince's hand but that feels like it i, I feel it right there i've seen that look before well, wow it it starts with the look then you get the fist pump and then maybe you get bro and if you get all three then maybe you can win the oh, rumble. If I get a fizz bump, I'm in. I know it's like I'm I'm gonna be running stuff, but I don't think I think it's, I'm still I think I'm still far from a fizz bump. I, I got like at least a couple months. Well, Sunday Royal Rumble will be a wait and see for Matt Riddle fans, but I of did. course Saturday night NXT Takeover Phoenix, 7 p.m. Eastern on the WWE Network. Cassius Ono is gonna get a piece of the King of All Bros, and we got a great piece of you today, Matt. Great chatting with you, man. So happy for your success, bro. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for letting me talk about and vent about how I want to beat Cash's owner this weekend. And everybody out there, please tune in. It's, you know, it's not my takeover debut, but it's my Phoenix takeover debut. And I don't want anybody to miss this. <laughs> Love it. Great stuff, bro. I'm going to say this as positively as I can. That interview was off the rails and I loved it. Yeah, uh, Riddle's awesome. I'm going to correct you because he didn't in the interview and I didn't earlier. It's either the super king of bros or the king of bros, not king of all bros, bro. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, did I get broed out on that? Yeah, wow. Bro. Uh, Look, I actually, all right, so 
so, there was someone else listening in on the call, you know, during the interview, you know, someone uh, from WWE. Um, and the uh, we hung up, and the first text message I got after the interview was, bro. <laughs> so they are all in on him just as much as we fans and, and podcasters and, and listeners um, are all in on Matt Riddle. This guy is a unique personality. I find him incredibly entertaining just as a person. And then you go and watch him in the ring, and he's captivating in the ring. He really is the total package. Now, we teased at, at a lot of the UFC stuff with him and didn't go into detail. But if anybody doesn't know, he was a UFC welterweight, pretty good fighter, got busted for marijuana multiple times, was sort of unapologetic about, you know, not about it, had two wins turned to no contests, then was fired on a four-fight win streak. Dana White ripped the crap out of him and and basically said he'll never be anything and the guy can't stop smoking weed, blah, blah, blah. That's what fueled his comments about Dana White, and he did not back down, Adam. No, he didn't, and I liked it. I liked that he called out Dana. You know, you know how I feel about Dana. I'm not a huge fan either for different reasons than that. Um, but, you know, you look at the reasons why his UFC career did not continue and why WWE and New Japan were both hesitant to sign him initially. And then you look at the climate in 2019 and kind of what's going on state by state in this country. And it's all kind of silly. You know, when you have someone with his kind of talent and it's something that minor, um, you get over it. And I'm glad to see that people have gotten over it, people that matter have gotten over it. And the benefit of it is we get to see Matt Riddle in a WWE ring, in an NXT ring for now. Honestly, I don't think it's long before this guy's on the main roster. I don't necessarily think he gets a full NXT run with the title and the whole, you know, year to 18-month thing. I think this guy is like maybe six more months. Maybe he gets called up after WrestleMania. This guy is awesome. And I, I just don't know that you need him there. Whereas you could say, yeah, Gargano, a Champa, even an Aleister Black to some respects. You want to develop that character figure out what the hell this guy is going to be on the main roster. Matt Riddle can be himself today on the main roster and he would be over as hell. Yeah. Uh, bitch, you know what I want. Um, I, I want to, I want to talk to Samson with, with this guy, Matt Riddle. And I'm, and I'm sure in the climate with the laws changing, he is also uh, probably talking to Samson, but uh, this guy's special, unique. It's everything we talked about in that interview. And, and, uh, and we haven't even seen it for what we've seen so far. Next, it's nothing compared to what he can do. So, Buckle up, get ready. Cassius Ono, look, this is the right sort of opponent to take him into his first. He's the he's the gatekeeper of NXT, basically. Everybody yeah. respects him. Great worker. This is the the you know the debut of a long match, and this uh, it's not going to steal the show per se, but this could be a really physical, fun ass match because that's one thing Cassius Ono does really well. Does gives you the stiff match, gives you the the. Gives you the weird quasi college basketball uniforms too, but that that's the guy's gimmick, you know. Well, I mean, NBA uniforms, college basketball. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, being candid. I'm not a huge Cassius Ono fan, um, character wise, look wise, ring gear especially. That's probably the worst part of all of it. That said, this guy does things that someone, a man his size, should not do. Him and Keith Lee surprise me every single time they get in the ring. And you're talking about different body types with both of those guys, but still, you know, he is something. The moves that he can do are something to behold, and him against Matt Riddle is going to be really, really good and really, really special, especially as a show opener, and we know that those matches, those types of matches, deliver. I don't really see another match on this card that could open the show. Maybe Baszler-Belair, if they just feel like, no. kind of, let's get that out the way. They don't do that. Maybe the tag team championship, but I think that's too good of a match. This would be the right match to open the show. Obviously, we're going to have Matt Riddle win, yes. and if we didn't, if we didn't, that would be strange. 
uh, I think you have to go tag team match next because look, Ricochet Gargano is the one that that is the number one chance to steal this damn show. So do you go tag team championship next on Disputed Era defending against the War Raiders? Probably just because the women's championship is a main championship, but that women's match and we'll get to it. It just it's not really speaking to me at all as much as I like. You're both wrong. Of them. You're wrong. OK, well, we'll get there. We'll talk. Tag Team Championship, Undisputed Era, defending against War Raiders. BC, you want to talk about injecting life into the WWE main roster? Well, what you do is you call up Undisputed Era on Monday uh, or Tuesday. And in order for that to happen, you have them lose the titles to the War Raiders. It makes sense to me. Uh, I think we have new tag team champions coming out of this show. I think we might. I'm going to predict Undisputed Era, though. I think they're going to wait until the Mania one. I I think they're going to lose clean at Mania and then come, you know, the SmackDown after, if you will. So it's either now or then. It's the same booking. It's the same thing. Do you have to have people lose? Asuka was one of the only ones that really left NXT without losing, correct? Well, she won but got got hurt and then gave up her title. You have to have them give up their title to get called up. I mean, Paige, the only one who did not was Paige. Paige. That's a good point. That's an interesting point. And then she had to relinquish her title anyway. So This is going to be a fun match. Shout out to that uh, one war raider who married Sarah Logan in that weird ceremony online. uh, (laughs) The Viking ceremony, yeah. yeah. Um, Look, I have expectations that this match is going to entertain me. I don't know if they go up now, but the Undisputed Era, when they do, have to go up as a group. And Paul's got to protect them from Vince. Yes, yes, he does. We don't need uh, another revival. Come on. Well, Undisputed Era is not – I mean, they're not even – close to that i mean they're ready made for the main roster it's a good group give them some size this new this new donovan dijakovic gimmick horrible take it away from him call him dijak single name you want you want single names vince call this guy dijak put him with undisputed era you got a five some faction on the main roster selling merch that's it vince don't like those skinny small guys he told you what he thought of finn and Adam Cole, baby. I don't know. All right, we'll see what happens here. This is uh, O'Reilly and Strong per Wikipedia will be the two that will defend this title, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. By the way, uh, by the way, I since I've been in uh, in Orlando, I cannot even tell you the number, the amount of NXT merchandise I have seen. Just randomly walking around. Now, I'm not anywhere near the Performance Center. That's pretty cool that they've really made this town a wrestling town, really an NXT town, which is awesome. Uh, the next match, let's go to that women's championship. Shayna Baszler against Bianca Belair. Now look. I'm just going to be honest here. I love Bianca Belair. I really like Shayna Baszler. The contrast of styles in this match, it just doesn't really do it for me. Belair comes in undefeated. And honestly, there's an opportunity that she could win. You move Baszler up and maybe she is in Rousey's corner for this match that we're talking about at WrestleMania. But I just don't necessarily see why you have Baszler drop the title to someone like this, who's not even really a face, not even really going to get a huge bump from it. She's already over. She's already has that undefeated streak. I don't get why she's in this match in the first place. Um, I really like her. I just don't think she should win the title here. I'll tell you why she's in this match. Because it's her time. And they realize how good she is. They re- Yeah, it's early. Look, it's early. There's still some raw elements to her. They realize what they have here. They have a potential long-term main event African-American woman. I know Naomi's had a, had a decent time when they've pushed her up to that level. But it, let's be honest. I don't see look at Naomi as a main event wrestler. Well, Na- Naomi's improved substantially. She has, but, but she, but she, but she's still not even like Jacqueline, who like, and, and and she's probably better in the ring than Jacqueline was. Now I'd have to actually watch matches and compare. But oh, she's Jacqueline at that time era. was ahead of where Naomi is now. 
comparatively. And look, I've always sort of been hard on Naomi. I feel like the the gimmick doesn't represent what they the way they should present her. I think they present Bianca Belair fantastically. Also, yeah, I'm, look, I'm just I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm a grown ass man. All right. Also, so shout out to Montez Ford on that regard. But you want to know why she's here? Because they realize what they have in her. They realize that they they think physically. I think they feel like she's going to be ready for the main roster in a year. So it's time for her to get the title now. So here's what's going to happen, Adam. This match is going to be better than you think. Not going to be an A-plus five-star match. No. It's going to be better than you think, though. It's going to be a fun match. Their styles will actually clash well. Bianca Belair is going to win the championship. Baszler will give her the rematch. Do the job a second time at the Mania TakeOver. And then Baszler and company will debut post-Mania after Ronda loses that match and turns heel, and they will be her muscle moving forward, and we'll get the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen in some form, and we'll play that storyline out. But Shayna Baszler's had a fun time on top, but it's time. There's really nothing else for Shayna Baszler to do on top. Yeah, I just feel like they've changed the title so frequently, and and not frequently for like the main roster, but frequently for NXT because there's only so many takeovers. And there's only, only so many title defenses. It seems like they just went Kyrie Sane back to Baszler. I don't know that you make the change again. I, I'm with you. I understand the, the you know what you're conceptualizing here, um, but I, I keep it on Baszler. I let Belair take her loss, work her way back in, and maybe she gets a rematch don't if end the match it. is they, that they're, good. They're building a and streak. I'm Belair not saying wins. they're going to build the Oscar streak, but they're building a streak here. She's the EST. I liked her promo last week at NXT. That they're not cut. so much building a streak in terms of days as much as they are just she hasn't lost yet. That it's a little different, I think. I'm loving it. Belair on top of Ford and the championship here. Move it on forward here and uh match of the weekend? Should we call it now or what? The match of my lifetime. Ricochet Johnny Gargano singles match for the NXT North American Championship. Uh Johnny Takeover. People DMing me that they bought the shirts a great shirt. Buy that buy that crap. You got Ricochet coming out saying, "Okay, he's Johnny Takeover, but I I'm kind of I'm kind of Johnny Takeover myself if you're being honest here." Yeah. Just roll the damn balls out. I don't even know what the storyline. I don't care. I don't need a story. There Watch is, there, this. There's basically no storyline for this match. It's basically uh, Champa wanted uh, him off his back, Organo. He's basically like, hey, uh, there's another title you should challenge for. Go challenge for the North American Championship. And he's like, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> like so, that that's, that's most of the storyline. Now, other stuff has happened, obviously. I, I don't know how, if you've caught up on NXT. A little, there's been some back and forth between Ricochet and Gargano. It was really good. Um, he like super kicked him while his back was turned and Champa was in the ring or something like that. So there has been some development here, but there doesn't need to be any. This match is going to blow the doors off or the ceiling off. I don't know where this actually, what type of arena or stadium this particular event is in, but it's going to tear the house down. Um, and I kind of want to say, I think Gargano is going to win the title, but storyline wise, I still think Gargano Champa for the NXT championship WrestleMania 35 weekend. So I'm starting to think that they know they they can they're gonna cash in big with Champa Gargano for all the scenario we laid out. Babyface win for Gargano, all that stuff. Great. I don't think they're gonna do it now though. So even though I predicted when when we made our predictions that Ricochet was gonna win, I think I'm starting to, to get it now. Let's be honest here, Adam. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa, they're not gonna get the push on the main roster that they're getting here. The support from Paul, the ability to wear the top title and be pushed in a main event run to main event, even when they're not wrestling for the top title, they're not going to get this again. So why rush going to high school, Billy? 
Maybe they got a plan here. Maybe Paul's like, you know what? Champ and Gargano are not main event. They're not main roster guys, but they're perfect for this. Eventually, they'll be there. Yes, eventually, they'll be there. Yes, eventually, yeah. Johnny. So here's my, here's my thing. They've surprised us by stretching out the storyline to the point with the Gargano heel turn. Right. I still, you still want the idea of like this dark black DIY reunion. You can play that through SummerSlam weekend. You got time to play that out. So let Gargano win the championship here, the North American one, and push the Irishman Rick O'Shea to the top of NXT. And so that come Mania, he's competing for the NXT championship. Give him his short run on top and then get him ready for the main roster because that guy's going to the moon and back. It is possible, and I do agree 100% with Gargano and Champa when they lose titles or you know whatever. I, I don't think they're going to leave NXT necessarily. I don't think they need to. Um, and I would be concerned a little bit if they did. They might put Champ in 205 Live, which would be a huge waste of him, even though 205 Live is it's a good show and it's getting better. And with real more legitimate characters, you could do better storylines and the show would be even more watchable. So he could work there. But I think these guys may stay in NXT for a little bit. I do agree with you. But this is WrestleMania 35 weekend. It's at the Barclays Center. It's the perfect spot to do this. If they don't do it, when the hell are you going to? That's the problem. You want to save it for the biggest, best mountaintop moment. Barclays Center, NXT TakeOver New York, that is what you want. I got another NXT moment for you at Barclays Center that should happen this year at TakeOver Mania. The return of somebody who knows Brooklyn well. And let me be frank, I got that hot sauce. I'm going to call my shot right now. Enzo comes back in the company at NXT. What do you think? Market zero. I mean, what are you? What are the odds numerically? What are the What are the odds that you would give? Zero point zero. Market zero. All right, all right. I can only I could always stream. Uh, yeah. Right. Let's roll on to that damn main event. Yeah. Look. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily know how they're going to book the damn thing, but I don't think Black needs the title. Um, and I just simply think Champa retains it. Yeah, it's interesting. Look. Who's going to be the placeholder that loses to Ricochet? That's my question here. Is it Champa? Maybe. Is it Bla- uh, then? Look, if Black loses this, he's going to the main. He's going to the main roster, and you might as well. You would have to think, because what else would really be left for him? Interesting. Will this match be a be a five star? It might be close. I think uh, the, that one and the Ricochet Gargano are the two options that. Um, can really reach that mountaintop that we expect, that we've come to expect from all these takeover events, for thank sure. You, thank you, Paul, for the five-match setup. I love this card. I love the short burst package of this card. Pour the milk on me. Hey, special thanks and shout-out to Daniel Bryan and the bro king of all bros. King of bros, yeah. Matt Riddle. Shout-out to the Silver King. Shout-out to you, the fans, the listeners, the people. Don't ever turn corporate on us. Continue to support this show because it is all about the five. Continue to eat meat. He don't want no water. He don't want no bread. All he wants is meat. Yes, we want that steak. We want the good stuff. We're going to get it this weekend. So wrestling fans, enjoy, okay? Enjoy yourselves. That's a Peter Roseberg line. But enjoy yourself. At State of Combat on Twitter. At Silverstein Adam. At B Campbell C B S Silver King, you want to say anything else? Uh, yeah, don't forget to tune in Sunday night after the show in Phoenix for Royal Rumble Instant Analysis. And? And? We out. <laughs>